it's time for another scripted conversation with Paula, Bruce, and Randy. Welcome everyone to another scripted conversation. And today our special guest is Eric Larson from Manchester High School in Connecticut. And Eric is a technology media teacher at the high school level. We're super excited to have him here today. So Eric, we're going to let you begin our show today and tell everybody all about you. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it, it, this is this is a, a nice opportunity to be on this side of the microphone instead of kind of where you sit and, and monitoring a lot of the levels. So I, I think this is this is fun. <laughs> we get to talk about the things that we we do. <laughs> and do you want to tell everyone? So, uh, yeah, what do you do? Uh, so I am I am a video teacher. I guess that's the the, the coined term. I'm. You know, some people call me the communications teacher, the media teacher. Um, I teach video production. I teach broadcast journalism. Um, I have a class sports broadcasting. Um, I have taught photography, communications, technology, um, but all things like communications. Um, probably my favorite class, though, is probably broadcast journalism because uh, we get to, that's a year-long class that I get to teach. And um, it's a fun, it's a fun class that I work with a bunch of, uh, sometimes if they're aspiring journalists, but sometimes it's, they're just kids that want to tell stories and that becomes really fun for us. So broadcast journal is probably one of my favorites, uh, but I've been at Manchester High School now uh, almost 22 years, um, not all as a teacher, um, my time um uh, in education is probably 22 years. I was originally, I was, <laughs> I, when I came out of college, I knew I wanted to do something in communications, but didn't know what that exactly was. Um, I was in the Connecticut Air National Guard as a video technician. I had been there for uh, several years and um, it was after after college. I was working full time for the Connecticut Air National Guard as, as a technician. Found a job as media support was what it was. It was the media director, as they had entitled it at Manchester High School. So um, I was lucky enough to have that opportunity. I had a small little TV studio that had been started. And kids that were really interested in it, and some some kids that really went on to do some amazing things. that surprised me. Um, and that TV studio kind of grew and grew, and I was able to get in there as, in that in that role as the media director, work in this little TV studio, and one or a couple of different renovations, and um, and then my wife, who I actually met at at the school, she convinced me uh, to go back to school and become a teacher, become a, and what was classified as technology education teacher in, in Connecticut kind of fit that that realm so went back to school through um, the alternate route to certification in Connecticut uh, I was able to get certified as a teacher um, got my master's in educational technology and so 
now I'm at it here um, another uh, 12 years after um, doing what I love, just kind of like, you know, passing back to kids the stuff that I like to do, uh, the stuff that I found interest in when I was in college and, uh, and in, even in the military as well. So that's kind of like my background of what, where I'm at. And, um, but um, the last, every year is different, isn't it? Um, yes. I find that with, with kids, you know, trying to keep up with technology, um, it, it's different and it's innovating. It's fun because it's, there's always something new out there to try and interest kids around. They see stuff and the stuff you're teaching is relevant to them because they, they see it, whether it's on, on cable television or if it's on YouTube or if it's somewhere on social media, you're able to kind of apply some of the things that they're looking at. So I, I find it really fun. So Eric, welcome uh, to the show. And I have a bunch of uh, questions for you. And I'm going to actually start off with uh, remote learning that since uh, Friday the 13th of 2020, many of us have been teaching remotely. And I think you like myself and Paula and Randy, uh, doing the live TV show in the morning when the students are remote or the, all the students aren't there becomes really, really difficult. Uh, what are some ways that you've kind of leveraged or different ways that you have found to do media creation, even besides the live show that you do uh, with remote learning from last March 13th all the way, you know, up until up until now? Uh, what were some of the things that you had to kind of change a little bit um, and have the kids to be able to do uh, broadcasting projects for your classes? Hmm. Yeah, interesting question. We actually... We have our, our show, we have some parts that we'll do live. Lots of it is not live. So, but we use that, we, we elevate that te television studio max capacity. When we're in, in session, you know, in live, we, we're constantly in there doing different things. And, but right now, um, for, so like take broadcast journalism, it's been, it's been tough. It's been packages. Um, and I really strongly believe in those because that's where like a lot of storytelling really uh, lives. So what, what's what been difficult is equipment, equipment that's available to kids and what software is out there. Um, we've been able to use WeVideo, which has made um, the ability to uh, look at what kids are creating online um much more uh, you know adaptable during this time we video has been a, a a game changer um i don't think it's completely everything that we normally use we normally use adobe premiere pro where kids are able to edit and really get in there and do some fine tweaking with a lot of different things a lot of more effects um and not just the cookie cutter things that you find but for broadcast journalism, when you're doing a story or if you're putting together something, it has done the job. And uh, to be able as a, as a teacher to go in uh, remotely and look at a student's timeline, what what a great thing that is. Or for students to be able to co collaborate while they're in their own space, that's been awesome. Um, the other part of that, though, too, is, like as I said, the equipment, we've had to adapt to kids using 
mobile their mobile devices. Um, and that's been a tough thing for me to swallow. I, I think there is some quality that you have to absorb. Um, you know, not every kid has a tripod. Um, not every kid is has a microphone that's going to connect up to their their um, their phone to um, get the perfect interview. The the one thing that as a teacher is I want them to understand that this is that there is a higher quality and you know what are the takeaways from this what would make it sound better we're always asking those questions what's what would make this better and of course during this time and we're, we're hoping that at some point we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy and we can then look at those those things that they didn't have why didn't they have the microphone well it, they didn't have access to it um so here's the microphone, let's see how this works, let's explore and, and now create that package the way we really want to. It, it, I gotta tell you, it is, it's been a very difficult time and um, it's, but, it, but it's hopefully, we're hopefully seeing something that we're gonna get back and, and start um, being able to apply some of the things that we normally would use in our classroom in the regular existing days. Yeah, I've had to do uh, a similar type thing, even in a middle school, like with RTV production that I'm encouraging kids to use their phones because they have Chromebooks and the cameras on the phones are so much better, uh, you know, than, than the Chromebook cameras. And it's a great point there with audio and microphones, um, you definitely do settle. Although a lot of TV reporters, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, they were just like had a camera and were reporting from home so it kind of put everything you know on its head uh my second question for you is if you could talk a little bit about the sdn the student television network and i know they had planned last year to go to washington dc and it was right around the time uh you know that the pandemic hit so if you could tell us a little yeah. bit i know you're involved with the sdn uh you know what it yeah. does and what happened this year with their, like, how did they have their, um, their uh, big event this year? Love STN. Good, great question. Um, STN has, for, since 2014, I've been kind of actively involved with STN. Um, I sat on their board of directors for six years. Um, and um, I miss the people there that um, I worked with. I, it was the end of my term. So, I stepped off the board, uh, but great people and great vision for the um, the field and what's best for our kids. Um, so yeah, going back to, I remember it vividly, we were supposed to leave March 11th to go to Washington, DC. We had our tickets for a flight and um, those days uh, were a very trying time. I, I remember when we had the superintendent in my office in the morning in my classroom saying, you know, we were talking about it. Can we really do this? And he was, he, at the time, he was all for us trying to make the best we had already, you know, our hotel tickets were paid for, our, uh, our flight was paid for, our registration was paid for. We had all our different uh things we were going to do in washington dc and we did a lot of fundraising for it too and so it was just an unfortunate and having to go back to the kids and tell them that i'm sorry and 
we didn't know what was to come either. We didn't know. We thought we were going to be going home for two weeks and then we'd be back in school. Um, <laughs> here we are a year later. Um, the same, same we had. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we had the uh, the remote uh, version of the convention, the virtual convention. And it was a year later, and um, I, I, we we competed in that. We, it was awesome um, because it, you know, we were able to find like kind of a an open space where you know, because at the high school you're so remote. We were able to find a, uh, an open space to kind of meet as a group uh, for the what they call the the um, crazy eights competition where you have eight hours to put together an eight eight minute program eight minute news program so you have you meet with all your kids and we were able to do it like in downtown manchester we have a main street and there were things going on limited things um but um you know when we got kids together for that experience it was like oh my gosh we're not just me because we're hybrid manchester high school is a hybrid situation so we have maybe you know six seven kids in class at a time and um then uh we meet with the other kids in the afternoon remotely um and then wednesdays we'll meet for a half hour online for um for you know for a half hour so we really don't we really don't have an opportunity other than those wednesdays to really see everybody and we don't really get the chance to really dive in after april break we're gonna we're supposed to be going back full time but that convention, that opportunity with the convention, I, it was an opportunity for kids that wanted to. Um, not everybody, it wasn't mandated by everybody who wanted, whoever wanted to participate. I had, um, I had about 16 kids that signed up to do it. Um, but it was like all of a sudden, you know, if, if you're a sports fan, when you have a team, like the team came together and it was really fun um, being able to have a day of uh, eight hours to kind of produce something. There was times of anxiety and, and producing a new story, the time the deadlines, um, trying to find the right story. But that extended period of time was like, oh my gosh, this is what I, this is like where we left off when we were supposed to go to Washington, D.C. This is what we were supposed to experience then. And uh, the, that the STN convention that we go on, we've gone on now, five, six of them, you know, we've traveled to Orlando, Nashville, Atlanta, Seattle, wherever they're holding the convention that year we've been. And it's it's been a fantastic experience to kind of get kids together. And when you go to like one of these conventions, you see it, 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 you see all the kids that are passionate about film and broadcast. Um, and it's, it's funny when you're at a hotel and you see all this camera equipment running around, you're going, oh, my gosh, please don't drop that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you see more camera equipment than, than you know, God would have. You know, it's it's amazing. But um, the energy that goes into it at that t- those points of time is really it's awesome. It's awesome. And um, I think I found my passion back back again in 2014. You get rejuvenated with with the, the film the film bug and in 2014 I, I was able to kind of jump back in and we had a, a a group of kids that placed in the in the crazy eights we're like wow we did something we this is cool we went back and told their school about it and we were able to kind of 
every year we've been able to go back to these conventions and um, there've been little takeaways, but some good, some bad. And, yeah. uh, but, but this year at the virtual convention, we, we got fifth place in, in crazy eight. So that was an awesome thing. And then, you know, they had a, uh, closing ceremonies where they announce all the winners. And then we uh, got second place in another category for another different award. And the kids were just ecstatic because like, and it, it motivated others to want to do something. They had something to kind of work at. Um, but seeing other kids work was really, it was really cool. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I think all, I've used uh, ST and go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, Paula, and then and then you're up as, you know, we're all hoping things get back. There is no normal, but have the students come back into our classes so, you know, we can uh, continue. And hopefully next year, uh, wherever the convention is going to be, it will be at uh, a physical place. Go ahead, Paula. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. Oh, no, that's right. I was just commenting on STN because I think it's a great organization and I wish more people knew about it. I used it a lot, just uh, all the resources that were on there. You know, I'd even take the people that had won, like the PSAs or uh, just the news and show those as examples for the kids. Uh, and that's actually how I started film production. I saw the, you know, the film competition on there and I, I was like, all right, let's, let's try something new. And so then I kind of added that, you know, to the classes. So I think STN is a great organization and it's uh, pretty inexpensive for a school to join as well. So uh, I'm glad you've been a part of that. And I didn't get to go to the convention uh, the year yeah. we won, but, uh, you know, at least I got to watch it and so forth. So. Uh, yeah, I love STN. Are you yeah. involved? Next year, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say next year it's it's uh, supposed to be in Long Beach, California. Oh, okay. Because it does and doesn't it switch be... back and forth on coasts, right? Doesn't it go back and forth um, usually? Uh, for the most part, yeah. And, and that's always been like you know it's always been like oh, the mysterious thing where where is it going to be next year <laughs> right. so they have traditionally done like west coast east coast mm -hmm. um and that's it, that that helps like um you know for some people that really if they're you know traveling west coast mm -hmm. uh, you know if you're on the east coast you have to uh you know endure a six-hour flight from the east coast to the west coast and you know get acclimated mm -hmm. and, the, and the costs are up there if you're right. you're going up going across the the u.s um, but the, that's not to say that they're going to keep going east coast. They would. They were talking about doing, you know, midwestern uh, cities as well. Um, trying to find uh, different organizations that are out there that really have an interest in this. Like there's there's a big uh, group out in Missouri that, you know, um, it'd be awesome to have one in St. Louis or uh, there's talk of that in Texas. Um, I always, I always am like <laughs> the person like, let it be where it's warm, because right. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut is not. <laughs> but, How do you are you involved? March. Have you uh, done anything with IBS before? Had your students um, submit anything or with IBS, which uh, is the intercollegiate broadcasting? Not. Okay, I have not. All right. Well, they have, were primarily radio, yeah. and their high school and college. Uh, but they've since added television in about the last two or three years I was involved. So uh, that 
draws in. It's always held in New York City every year, the first week in March. And uh, they draw over a 1,000 students from across the country. So it's kind of the same atmosphere. And, uh, you know, you submit, again, your awesome. radio and television. So you might want to check that out. And, again, it's an inexpensive membership to join. So hmm. that's one I've been really involved with the last awesome. several years. Yeah, I got involved because of the radio. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question because you said this at the beginning. Yeah, it's a great organization. Um, at the beginning, you know, you were talking about because of the remote learning and hybrid, uh, you know, you've had to try a lot of new things this year. And, you know, as people are listening, you know, and they're thinking, okay, I'm having to do the same thing. What are some new things that you've that you've tried that you've liked that you're like, you know what, I'm probably going to still do this next year. Yeah, um, there there have been, I mean, I, I love diving into, I'm, I'm, I'm an equipment geek. I like trying to find new ways, but in that, um, in doing that, um, in finding new equipment, you always find new new techniques too. Yes. Um, I got into using uh, a phone for like a source for, for video footage and and I said okay um kids like I, I I there are rare circumstances where I don't have a kid I have a kid that might not have a phone and I said you know I'll, I have cameras here and I can provide you one and lend it to you but a lot of times um the kids have their phone and one of the things I, I used to do a uh, yearbook at, at the school and we had a photographer come in and I said, I, I was asking the photographer, I'm like, what kind of camera do you use? And, you know, he, and um, he says, to be honest with you, if you're doing this, or you take, if you're taking pictures for your family, he said, the best camera to have is the one you have on you. Because if you're, if you're, if you don't have the camera and you're trying to capture something, it's not going to happen. It, 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 I relate to my wedding video when um, my wife was walking up. We had hired this this video company, and my wife was walking up the aisle in the church, and the battery ran out on this guy. And we, the moment where she was to be handed off to me for the wedding. And I, I can never get that back. I can never get that back. If somebody had, I mean, it was before the time when we had, you know, phones, you know, or camera phones. But if somebody had that, that was the camera that would have documented that moment. So the best camera to have is the one you have on you. Now, is it hooked up to a tripod? Well, maybe we kind of look into that. We we purchased a bunch of um, inexpensive tripods this year. Um, we try to find ways to make audio happen because we know that, you know, capturing audio in, in a room or in, in an area where there's just so much other ambient sound, it's not going to sound as good. And we know that sound is uh, the other half of your video, if not more, right? We, we, we live and by, die by the sound because that's going to tell our story. So, we got to find ways to adapt with that and get the equipment in kids hands so that they can be storytellers. That's the, that's the big message there is how do we tell our story? 
you have a to- story to tell. And, you, you know, let's, the, the backbone of it is in the words that you tell. How are we going to capture this and be able to make it happen? We have done some really cool stuff, though, too, where we've kind of looked at our curriculum. And we've taken the time. We've had the time now to kind of look at our curriculum and say, what are, what are we missing? What aren't we, what are, haven't we been connecting with? And, you know, um, one of the things that I've been diving into is nap sound, getting, getting kids to record natural sound more. Um, if I'm able to get them a microphone, you know, and, um, actually this last, this last session, it's actually going to come out, uh, our, our program, the pulse is going to come out, uh, this Friday. So the, it's the date would be on, uh, the a, sorry, the 19th is where our, our program. So it'll be, it'll be out by the time this program's out. So, um, in, and, uh, one of our challenges is to, for the kids was to, um, you know, record stories using that. So I'm doing a Nat sound package, maybe, but like, tell me your story through natural sound. Give me those Nat sound pops um, that we talk about all the time. And it's hard for them because they, they wanted to, like when we put together those packages that I was telling you about, you know, they want to do a voiceover, then an interview, a voiceover, then an interview, a voiceover, then an interview, and not necessarily take the time to actually let the video speak. And, um, you know, it takes a lot to, to get them to understand that, that there's this side of, of you. So one of the things that we've been working on um, throughout this course of the time has been working with sound because sound, we realize it so much more because we're we're in that mode. We, you know, when somebody in class, when you're doing virtual, they leave their microphone on and somebody's like chomping on peanuts. Well, you realize that because like, you know, it's an irritating sound and people pick up on it more. So the idea of really recording true and natural sound has been um, one that we kind of have dove into this last year. And we did that uh I guess with radio, um, the radio station that we had, kind of the same thing, like going back and showing them the old radio shows and, you know, explaining to them back then, you know, there was no digital soundtracks to use, you know, everything was created by just, you know, everyday household items. And so that's what we did. We produced radio shows, but they were not allowed to use any digital sounds. They had to use all you know, handmade sounds, and uh, they began to appreciate a little bit and actually had fun doing it. You know, it's something they they don't know anything about because that was way before their time. So um, I, I think it, you're right. It's a really hard thing to learn how to do. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. chime in that next year we're uh, expanding the elective class that I teach from a marking period to a half a year. And one of the choices I'm going to give the kids is to do like a Foley artist unit of coming up with making their own sounds to whether it be their video production or their short movies that they might do. Um, And I think kids would have a lot of fun with that and understand exactly what you're saying, Eric, where the sound is so important, Uh, not only the voiceover, but the other natural sound can really, you know, make a feature come to life. So that's one of the things I'm looking at now. And I, I had actually gone on a tour in Warner Brothers Studios a long time ago, and they went where the mm. Foley artist was. 
and it was so interesting. It was just like a big, big square, and there was sand on the ground, and all these bottles and cans and different things, and it was amazing. Like the um, the sounds that they were making for walking, you know, on the street or opening a door or you know closing a door, um, and I think kids would really uh, would really enjoy doing that, and that would also show them, you know, the importance of sound in whether it's film or you know in video. Uh, it's it's so important to get those get that natural sound in there. Mm, I agree so much. Just there are YouTube videos out there that you can you know click on and and show kids that this is how they're making sound. But some of those kids are really kinesthetic type of learners where they need to kind of uh, dive into it and be to really understand it. Um, they had to do it, and that that can that's that's the kind of learners that we kind of get in, in this field is the ones that really want to present learn they want to uh, learn by doing um so yeah uh we get we get all sorts of uh, types don't we like yes. <laughs> if you think we get the ones that really want to be in front of the camera you get some that want to be the technical side behind the camera um sometimes they just want to be the editor sometimes they're really into graphics sometimes they uh, they just like writing, uh, so you get like all these different types of of students that come into the, to our classes, um, and I, I really enjoy trying to you know get to personalize the learning for each of them, kind of like find out what they really like to want to know and do, and and stress that with them, work with them on that. And I think that is a unique uh, side of media because you're right, when they come in, there seems to always be something for everybody. And, you know, it's, and it, the fun part, I think, is pulling some of that out of them and then having that light bulb going like, oh, I didn't know I could, you know, run the TriCaster. I didn't, I didn't know I'd be good on camera. And uh, it's fun to watch them over a period of years and the development that you see. I always love the kids too that you might not necessarily, I let the kids choose their own jobs for the TV show that we do. And you might not always see this student in a role of being on air. And I really appreciate a lot of them taking a risk, especially if their reading level is not so high that they want to be the weather person or the sports person. And it's amazing. A lot of those students shine, you know, in front of the camera and they might be even on the quiet side, but the lights go on and, you know, a lot of them do amazing. And in my own school, it's grade six through eight. And a lot of the sixth grade teachers will say, oh, my goodness, when I had that person two years ago, I could never believe, you know, that that person would be on the air doing the TV show. So you never know. Um, and that's the fun of it, right? That what you're going to find in the kids, what they're interested in and uh, what they can produce with media that uh, it definitely is a, a lot of fun to teach. And although yeah. Randy could Randy yeah, couldn't be here, but if you get a chance, Eric, to see Randy um, at his school, they uh, they're at Crestview Elementary in uh, Lawrence Township in Indianapolis. But he has first, second, and third graders doing TV production. Uh, they're doing radio. They uh, they're doing amazing things. So uh, the radio is Bobcat Radio. So uh, we've even got some examples on our website. Uh, but it'd be cool for you to also show your high school kids like, hey, look what first graders are creating. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because it's, it's amazing. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's amazing. That you know, first graders, that's, that's amazing that he has. <laughs> yeah, they're creating, they're creating I, I actually PSAs. would love to show my high school students, like, yeah. look. 
That's what I did. And actually on Fridays, he's even doing now vinyl Fridays with the radio and made it into a unit where, you know, he gets classic, uh, you know, albums and then they learn about the artist and the kids spin records then on Friday and, you know, do it during lunch hour. And that's the radio station during the day. So, you know, it's very cool. I was lucky enough. Mm. I was lucky enough, Eric, when we wrote the book that uh, spring break two years ago. I went to Indianapolis when we were writing it, and I went to Randy's school. Let me tell I was blown away by second and third graders just putting on the headset, and boom, they're on air, and they're reading the script, and, you know, they're whatever they are, you know, six, seven and eight years old in second and third grade. Um, it's amazing. Obviously, mm-hmm. they grow up with media and listening and watching everything, uh, but sure. you know, it's it's incredible. You know, it, uh, it's interesting so you say that with first with first graders, second graders, they, my wife is a, um, uh, elementary, she's a physical education teacher and she teaches the, and it's interesting from the transformation that happens to, from kids mentally from first grade until they get into high school. Um, there, there are some that it, they don't communicate the same way as they do when they're, they're in, elementary school they might have like a no fear type of attitude and be able to just talk and, and these days with um social media and um even with virtual learning sometimes it's hard for kids to put themselves out there and i think in classes a lot of times you have to kind of reassure them about the work that they're doing that this is something that they can do they have some i find it's interesting to talk that I was just talking about this with somebody today that sometimes kids have a hard time talking with adults and talking. So like when kids are asked, like in my class, they're asked to do an interview with another adult, some kind of public official or, and we, we all, we have, I have kids do stories on different things, whether it be the chief of police that they're talking to or the, the mayor or, or the superintendent. These are people like that only live in like, <laughs> and things that they read, they they don't really ever talk to them, or they might talk to them, but be like another adult say, "Hey, this is so and so." This is them going out there and trying to ask them questions and have a conversation with them. It's hard for some kids. It's hard for some kids to actually call on the phone and order a pizza. <laughs> um, they would rather, you know, use an app on their phone to just like talk. They would rather text and live behind a phone. So. Getting out them out there, getting them out there to just communicate. Sometimes we have to we take for granted that it's okay. We can, we're talking here on we're adults just talking on a podcast, but for them this would be very difficult, I think. Or for some, the anxiety would rage on there. I have the uh, same experience with my uh, daughters are twenty and seventeen, and they do not like to talk on the phone. Same exact thing. They would not. They're like, can you call and go order this? And I'm like, you, you can call. They're like, no, we, we only order things online. And it's, ama- it's amazing that their uh, you know, generation, what they're growing up with, because they'll video conference in a second and FaceTime with someone. But, um, you know, calling somebody on the phone, uh, you know, that, that, that's a that's a great point. Uh, I just have one mm-hmm. more, Eric, before we wrap it up. But thanks so much, really, sure. for taking the time tonight. And if you could talk a little bit about, and we'll put it um, in the show notes and out there, I'm really impressed with your Wixie site that you created for your students. 
Uh, could you just talk a little bit about some of the resources that you have on there, uh, you know, for the kids as a place to go to? Oh yeah. So um, you're talking about our, are you talking about our, our site for MHS television or the, the one that I'm I have actually, for like, yeah, I'm actually on your Mr. Larson's helpful video links page <laughs> is one that like, yeah. I've taken so many things from that, that I've already started using and preparing for the interview for you. So if you could talk about that page, uh, some of the things that are on it. You know what? Um, I have like uh, one of my favorite pages on here is just like, they're just links um, to other people. They're, it's opportunities to talk about what you see. One of, so one of my favorite things on there is like the news story examples. Um, and it's the, my first tab. You've got Steve Hartman, uh, links to his stuff. Um, uh, Boyd Huppert, who was, uh, he was a guest speaker or a keynote speaker for STN a few years back, um, 60 minutes. Um, and then I have two, two um, former students from Manchester High School and their work on there, um, uh, Jessica Schneider and Will Ripley, they're both CNN correspondents. Oh, wow. And so I, I like leading with that because these two students were, I didn't have Jess. Um, I had Will for like half a, half a semester, and, um, assuming that I had him for a semester. And, but, but my point with that is like, these kids were sitting right where you are now. They're doing, I mean, your opportunities are even, you're, you're, you have, you're exposed to so much more because the program has grown, but they have that, that um, aspiration, the, the desire to want to do this. And um, they're both doing amazing things, um, but giving them kind of the inclination that this is a possibility, this is a career aspiration. So I really like um, that page, but just being able to see, like show, show them uh, Steve Hartman stuff um, on the road um, and the way that he tells a story in there. Um, a lot of times with in, in pre-production, um, I have a tab for pre-production, studio production, uh, field production, um, you know, and giving, uh, these are just things that I come across and using Wix was, it allowed me just to kind of say, all right, give me stuff that, you know, my kids can go to. And, you know, it's that extension you're looking for in, in the classroom, that enrichment, like the kids that are looking for stuff, it's just resources. Sometimes they just don't know where to go. So it's like, okay, this yeah. applies to me. Mr. Larson put it out there. So, hey, this would be something, whether it be on, you know, directing, uh, doing a studio production, tactical directing, lighting, um, you know, every semester ends up being different. Um, and sometimes when you're doing a, a production, it's, you have to stop in the moment and do some just-in-time learning. Say, hey, everybody, come here real quick. This is a unique situation. Check this out. And so sometimes you get to it, and sometimes you don't. And that's where I was like, oh, I need a place to to go and learn, or let kids learn a little bit more. So having just a, a page for for resources um, was yeah. a way for me to get um, more of that stuff out there. What I like about it is it's like simple and clean and understandable. And this is my last thing for tonight. I know Paul is going to wrap it up. I love Steve Hartman. I use the Jason McElwain story, who's an autistic basketball player who was like the team manager. Oh, yeah. And then he ends up coming in and 
hitting like six three pointers in a row, and Steve Hartman is an amazing uh, storyteller. Yeah. All right, Paul, are you going to wrap yeah. it up? Oh, yes, I can do that. Uh, before we go, do you want to just kind of let the listeners know also uh, some different social media tags and where they can find more information about you? Like your Twitter or website, et cetera? Sure. So the my website is mhstelevision.com. Um, we... That's that's where we post a lot of our our programs for the the um, our pulse. It's always up there. Um, we're we also have um, at MHS Red Prod is our um, um, our handle for you uh, for Twitter. Um, where MH, MHS Red Productions is our after school club. So but our Twitter handle is at MHS Red Prod. Um, we, we we put up stuff that we we do tend tend to do I mean during um, non COVID times we've done a lot more um, and it's the same with Instagram as well um, so and and of course on Facebook we're at um, MHS MHS Television I think we are I got to check that but yeah okay MHS Television okay. I know we're wrapping up, but you have an after-school club as well? Sure, yeah. Uh, our after-school club is MHS Red Productions. Um, and what we've done with that that group is um, <laughs> interesting during these times because there's not a lot of school activities happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we've done, like, sporting events. We've gone and, and done live broadcasting for sporting events or if it's the – um, you know, a concert and we want to get, you know, record that or just, you know, be able to give it to the, um, copyright comes into play with that. We just kind of put it up on our, uh, in Google drives and so that our performing arts teachers have a kind of a copy there. We don't ever make copies for parents or anything, but, um, we do a lot of that. That's more of a learning experience for us so that, you know, our performing arts department has a good clean copy and we were able to do that. Um, but anytime that there's like a talent show or, um, we have a Mr. MHS, um, competition, a miss Compet- miss MHS competition. Um, all those things our club is really into doing. Sometimes we're, you know, um, somebody wants to advertise and put together a commercial for about their club and so we're into that. And then you know, this year we've been doing a lot of podcasts um, because we, we, we started doing, uh, we recently were, our, our mascot recently changed. We were the Indians and now we're the Red Hawks. Um, a good change for us. But um, in branding that we've been called now, we have the, the birdhouse, the chirp. We have these different podcasts that kids are really just kind of into doing and, and I'm like, go with it. Let's yeah. try it. And that's, I guess that's my attitude on a lot of these things is just, let's try it. All right. So, uh, Eric Larson, thank you again for being with us today. And uh, again, Eric is the media teacher 
at Manchester High School in Connecticut. And Eric, I hope you'll come back on the show again because I think we have a lot more to talk about. So uh, we also have a student showcase. So if there are any of your students that would also like to be on our show for our student showcase, uh, we do that. Uh, that airs on Thursdays at 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock. So, you know, uh, maybe put that out there to your students and see if anybody is interested. Oh, I got some talkers. So I'm sure they'll want to. Oh, great. All right. Well, let me know, and I will get them lined up as soon as possible. So, um, all right. So, again, thank you so much, awesome. and we will be back next week with another episode of Scripted Conversation. Scripted, an educator's guide to media me. in the classroom, is a resource book for all educators, providing scope and sequence for digital media in the classroom. It is your recipe guide to creating a successful digital media model in your school at any level. Scripted can be purchased through Edumatch Publishing, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. For more information, go to www.scriptededucators.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week for another episode of Scripted Conversation with Paula. Bruce and Randy.